Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tech Finds, the world's only podcast that has an appreciation for good wine and cool technology. I'm Scott Delandy, and I am joined by uh, my esteemed colleagues and co-hosts. We've got uh, Colin Gallagher, and we've got uh, Melissa Gurney-Green. How are you guys doing? Awesome. Doing okay. Excellent, excellent. So uh, here's the uh, here's the topic for for tonight's um, podcast. So we have we have usual our usual wine selection and our technology topic. And uh, as always, we start with the wine selection. And the category for tonight was we we started calling it inexpensive wine, and I and I didn't I didn't like that even as those words value. Come on, come on look value. At you guys I, it's value. I, I, I literally have that written in my notes. So you just totally stole, like I had a whole, you know, riff on that one. Okay, so yes, value wines. Um, That's what we're drinking tonight. And the technology topic is we're going to talk about old school uh, technology, right? So um, what were some of the kind of the game changing things that were introduced years ago that were just really, really mind blowing in terms of the things that you could do with them and the use cases and the problems that they solved. And then kind of fast forward to how relevant are those things today and, and how have they evolved, um, especially given uh, the things that have been happening uh, on the consumer side, right? So uh, let's get right into the wines. Um, let's start with Melissa. Melissa, what do you got Hello. on tap? What do you got on tap this evening? I have Apothic Crush, which is, uh, it runs about eight ninety nine a bottle and it's a red blend. And it has this wonderful kind of berry and chocolate flavor to it, but it's still dry and not overpoweringly sweet, which is what I love about it. Okay, so uh, for nine bucks worth, is it is the value at nine bucks? Yeah, the value's there. I mean, it's <laughs> it's not it's not something I'm gonna I'm gonna like keep and and give out to a company I want to impress, but it, it will do the job. Yes. You know what the secret is, though? When you have something like that, pour it into a decanter. That way they can't see the label on it. <gasps> Puppy! Uh, oh, yes. Oh, the dogs goodness. have made it into the into the Zoom meeting. Sorry, that's we, have unfair. A cameo. we have a cameo on the podcast. That's, that's unfair. It is um, unfair. Okay. He's adorable. Yes. Are you talking about Colin or the, uh, or the animal? <laughs> yes. <laughs> ah. All right, Colin. What have you? Uh, what are you drinking tonight? So I have one up, Melissa. I am drinking a four ninety nine wine. That is a significant value for a four ninety nine wine. Um, it is an Atico Cabernet Sauvignon from Spain, um, and it's part of a value wine club I discovered called Splash Wines. And they specialize in uh, in affordable wines um, from all over the world, and they're reasonably well selected. I mean, none of them are you know going to blow your socks off, but you know, given how much wine I was drinking or have <laughs> been drinking during quarantine, um, I needed something of value, and so SplashWines.com, um, really great choice. Uh, entire case, four ninety nine a bottle. Um, great. It's a little fruit forward. Um, but it, it's certainly drinkable and it's, you know, certainly fits this category. So is there a minimum, uh, do you have to buy it by the case or can you buy it by the individual bottle? I think you buy it by the case. That's what I did. But okay. I, All right. Yeah. Well that, yeah, that, that would make sense. So they, they, yeah. they make it back on volume. 
Yeah, they make it back in volume, and there's a selection like you know they have um, a you know a Cabernet case, a, a red blend case, you know, et cetera. So they sort of curate a bunch of cases for you. Excellent. So uh, so that's cool. What what I'm drinking tonight is um, I saw this. I, I see it at, at basically grocery stores and in other places that that sell wine, kind of at the checkout line, and the label is 19 Crimes. And it was kind of cool, and it was always, well, what is this 19 Crimes? This, this looks interesting. And it was $9.99 for the bottle, so I got that. It is a, uh, it's, a, it's a red blend, and I have to tell you, for $9.99, I was, I was pretty impressed. It is, um, it, it is a very nice wine. It's, it's, it's definitely full-bodied. It's a, it's a really deep, dark red, um, very fruity. Um, and I, I think it's just a little bit of a taste. I, I think it's like a little bit of a vanilla in there in, in kind of the, um, the, the sort of the, the aftertaste for it. So it is, it's definitely something for, you know, for under $10, I would, I would definitely, um, do again. Um, but more importantly, the label, right? That's what, what interested me, right? So it is a, uh, it's actually, um, it's a Californian label, um, uh, but the wine is sourced from Australia. And the 19 crimes refers to um, Australia. So if you were in the uh, in in the UK, uh, there were 19 crimes. And if you were convicted of any one of these 19 crimes, they basically put you on a boat and they sent you over to uh, to Australia. And that's where the label comes from. And as a matter of fact, it's kind of interesting because on each of the corks, um, there is one of the crimes listed. So when you take the cork off, every cork is a little, it's kind of like a fortune. Cookie. Oh, cool. so nice. it has, so it has the, um, um, you know, a little bit of, uh, um, of interest in terms of, you know, where, where the label would come from. But I did look up what the 19 crimes were and it is kind of interesting. It's the stuff you'd expect, you know, larceny, you know, assault, um, um, bigamy, um, those types of things, but then there were there were some some more interesting things. So uh, stealing a shroud out of a grave, I guess it was a big deal back in the time. Um, where is the other one? Sometimes the other you one? need a cloak. You yeah. well, you know, it, it, it's, uh, the, the the most interesting one was impersonating an Egyptian. So I I don't nice. know why that would land you in Australia, but apparently that was something that they considered, you know, right up there with uh, with bigamy and. And, um, watermen carrying too many passengers uh, along the Thames, um, stealing um, 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 pine tar, uh, which they use to basically seal up the uh, the ship. Mm -hmm. So it's a it's definitely an interesting list. So um, again, for for nine ninety nine, I would I would totally do it again. I was I was really really impressed. And, and if you told me I paid thirty thirty bucks for it, I would have I would have believed you. I mean, it was that it was that good. So I was nice. I was out. I was pretty surprised. Yeah, and yeah, it's got yeah, a great all... story too. So it's awesome. Yeah, great label, great story, great wine. Winner. Something's I... missing though. <laughs> Which crime did you get? Uh, you know what? I left the cork downstairs, so I didn't look at. I I got that. I didn't even read it when I when I uncorked it. I just uncorked it and poured it, and then I went on to the website to look up the other uh, 19 crimes, and that's where it showed. Um, each, you know what? I should have just told you. It, it was uh, my cork said uh, stealing. Just lie to me. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. What the heck? Stealing. Stealing from furnished lodgings, and that <laughs> one is an interesting one because I guess. You know, blankets and 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 you know curtains and things like that. They were all they were all stamped with something from the um from from the government even back then. So if it was if it was stolen, 
that's how they would enforce the fact that it was a that it was a crime that you had broken into somebody's house and, and stole blankets. So this would be the equivalent of stealing towels from your hotel room, essentially. Yes. I am not familiar with ever stealing free, a free, free, free trip to Australia. <laughs> there, 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 there may have accidentally been a towel or two that were that have uh-huh. been misplaced. But I tell you this: for every for every towel that may have made it accidentally into the luggage uh, at checkout time, there are equally as many pair, you know, single socks and even a sport coat or two that have been left behind. So I think it's just. Kind of the the equilibrium of checking in and checking out. So I, I consider us to be to be even when it comes to to the uh, the towel situation. So all right, well then we got we got us a we got us a winner here. This was actually a a, a good category. I'm going to check out um, what what Colin is drinking. I've had what what Melissa is drinking. So yeah, that's a it's a that's a decent wine as well. Yeah, so it's a, yeah it's it's definitely um, a good summertime. You don't know who's showing up, but you just know you need you know volume. So you get a whole bunch of <laughs> you get a whole bunch of those bottles, and you stick them out there, and boom, you know they're they're all gone. So coolness. Um, the technology topic, um, as we said, is is a look at um, um, old school technology, and I know, um, uh, you know, I know both Colin and Melissa. You know, you guys have been have been kind of geeky since you know years and years and years ago. So I'm sure you guys have have lots of examples. So let's let's start with with Colin this time, you know, because He's our uh, geek connoisseur. So, what have you what have you got as an example for uh, for today? So, given that we are all have some history, etc., with storage, um, I went with for my first one. I went with the storage technology, um, and you know, it's probably it's probably a two parter, um, uh, but I think you know, zip disks for me were a mind blowing technology. Um, the fact that you could actually put, you know, that much data on a removable magnetic media um, was certainly, you know, it just was, it was, it was game changing, right? It was game changing in terms of, you know, how you stored and how you move things around. The downside was you had to have a freaking zip drive, which, you know, not everybody had. But remember, there was a time when you could order them coming with your, you know, your computer, et cetera. It was, a, it was an option. Um, and I actually found one recently in, in storage here. I was going through it. I was like, wow. Um, but did, uh, the, the part did try, of, did you try to read it, read the data off of it? Do you no, have a, I haven't, do you have no. a, do you, do, would you even, ha, is it even technically possible to find something that would allow you to extract the data from that? Media? I probably could go back into my box of discarded cables cause it's a scuzzy zip drive that was designed for a Mac. So I'd have to find a scuzzy to firewire or lightning or some, some modern cable it would be a rube goldberg contraption scott but um I, maybe if i get bored at some point i might try that but um, then the problem but then the problem also becomes is you have to find you know a a mac or a device that can actually access it that has a version of code that would still yeah. support mm-hmm. that right you guys we, we live in the data center so we know one of the challenges is not necessarily supporting yeah. the new stuff it's all this old stuff that's been sitting there for yeah. You know, 10, 12, I literally talked to somebody this week um, where they have, um, you know, they have really, really old uh, infrastructure in their environment that's like 15 years old. And it's like, well, what do you do with that, right? Because it's not, it's, 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 it's how do you actually, what do you, what do you do with it? Because how do you connect into it? And how do you access it? I mean, that's a, that's a I know somebody challenge. that turned it into a, um, Keg rack. 
<laughs> like the first storage array I implemented at Microsoft, and I can say this now because I have no idea if they still have our our old storage at Microsoft, but got turned into a um, it was a Clarion array. It got turned into a keg rack at really? the local brewery down down the road from me. So every once in a while, I go for a run, stop for a beer, and and have um, beer served off of the first Clarion and installed at Microsoft, which is just insane. So yeah. So I, I may or may not know of an Dell EMC competitor who has a old Symmetrics keg rack in their break room. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah, and, yeah. 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 <laughs> There's a, a Sun Microsystems one at some big social media yeah. company in uh, the Valley too. Okay. Yeah, but there's a you know, part. There's a okay, Scott. I was just say you know you've gone too far when you try and one up everything and you try to do a washer dryer. I think that's <laughs> yes. that's yeah. been that's Amazing. been done before. Right a little, you take the joke a little too far. <laughs> that, yeah. That's that's right up there with the uh, with the bubbles, the bubble yeah. machine. Well, look, look good on paper. y'all kind of started it with the fridge, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah no yes yep mm -hmm. we did we, we were the fridge someone actually tried to tell me like talk to me about creating a fridge I was like been there done that you know <laughs> have gotten slapped, actually actually gotten applied slapped by the epa for shipping coolants across <laughs> from, in, um, been there across done that actually lives. applied for the patent as i recall right yeah, we tried yeah, to get yeah, that yeah. patented back in the yeah. day no but oh, there's man, a second man. part of my storage one which is um which is that um it so the first sort of step up was was you know zip disk because it was like wow you know just so much data you can get on on you know magnetic media but cd cd roms and then dvds etc the optical media was the, the, the second mind-blowing thing and you know the thing i have in my head is again remember when you had to install microsoft office and it was 12 15 floppies and you just sat there changing it all the time or i remember installing novell netware for you know hours on time just waiting to swap and just the fact that you could fit all this stuff so just those first basic you know you know radical improvements in storage density have always made a, a huge huge impact on me just i don't know i don't know why it's just like wow so much you can... and now we take everything granted there's cloud storage everywhere i've got more storage on my phone but that was sort of like it was liberating it was freeing it was sort of like you know made me think about you know storage in a different different way yeah, every time you open that Rolodex and it was like disk one of thirty, it was just crushing. It yeah. was crushing. Yeah, the, then and then I remember because then the challenge became once you had a device that could store that much capacity and that much information, it was like, well, what am I going to store? Because now I got to fill it up, right? I got to save mm -hmm. everything, right? And that's that you know, and this is back in the days when you know things like Napster, right, where you had you know the ability to share and let's just say borrow content from uh, from from other users and I and I know I was you know I was one of the the folks that had the CD burner and I could make my own CDs and so of, of course I was very popular because you know people would want to borrow you know the um, the things that I was I was able to access um, so yeah it, it became it became a yeah. vicious cycle because now you had this high capacity now you were looking for stuff to basically fill it up. Yeah. No, data is like a gas. It will fill any available storage medium. What, what, but, but, the, but, but whether you need the data or not, it's just <laughs> right, like, exactly. oh my God, yes. I, I have yeah. it. I have to fill it up, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's interesting. What about you, Melissa? What do you got? Okay, so I don't think I can beat you or Colin, but uh, my very first computer was a compact luggable. 
that someone gave me used. And what was amazing about this is, is it was like the size of a desktop, desktop computer today, um, slightly bigger, I guess, than a desktop computer today. So, um, about that size had, had little screen in there. It was what, about five inches <laughs> of screen and it was green and black. And then it had two of the five and a half inch, um, floppy drives in it. And then what you could do is take the keyboard and attach it to where the screen and the floppy disk thing was and close it and then carry that thing around all 40, 50 pounds of it <laughs> to wherever you needed to take it. So it was the predecessor to the laptop, the tablet, those that sort of concept where you have a personal computer that is also, um, air quotes, portable. <laughs> right so so that was that was my first computer and it's one i had for years and years and years and years and years um and and i always kind of think back to that when when i'm packing to go somewhere and i've got my my surface pro and my macbook and i'm like wow and i'm complaining about weight because <laughs> that thing was a monster and we kept it even even after we replaced it with with another personal computer but it was it was just a monster and wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I learned so much. That's kind of what fired up my excitement about studying computer engineering and and um, entering the industry at all. Yeah, cool. Um, for so I you know similar story, right? So it was it was when you you went from the disparate components. So when they introduced the early versions of the Mac, where you had the Macintosh, right, where you had the, the console and, and kind of the, the CD, actually it wasn't even a CD, it was a floppy disk, um, all connected, and then and then you had the mouse, right? I, I remember when, you know, the mouse was like the coolest thing, it was like, oh my God, you didn't have to have to just type anymore, you had a, had a mouse, because I remember back in the day using computers where it was just a keyboard, there was no mouse, yeah. that was, you know, that was a that was a game changer of, a, of an innovation, the, uh, the, the user interface where, you know, you now had this ability to kind of, you know, point and click versus actually going in and, and, and typing commands. And I, and, I, and I remember, you know, my first email system was Banyan, Banyan Mail. And there yeah. was no, right, you had no mouse for that. You had to go in and, you know, everything, you'd, you'd be typing in the, uh, in the commands to, to do things. So that was, that was kind of cool. Jokes. Yeah. Yes. No, same yeah. thing. I, I remember the Luggables. Um, I was always jealous. I used, I had one of the original Macs, um, and I used to actually pack it in a bag. I still have the bag for it and carry it around, you know, and then reset it up, but it wasn't the same as, as that little Luggable. And Apple came out with the Luggable briefly before they came out with the PowerBooks. But, yeah. Didn't you donate a Mac to get thrown off of an airplane one day? Wasn't no. it you? No, I thought that no. Was, oh. no, no. Okay, I thought I thought yeah. someone needed needed some a, a Mac to be able to make a video out of it and having it thrown out of a out of an airplane. And I I, I know you were involved with that. I thought it was you the one that supplied the Mac, but no, I don't know. No, I would not. I would not do that. Why? Yeah. Because you, because we could. <laughs> I think that was it's literally very the bad. <laughs> yeah, no, that's I... that's socially not acceptable anymore. Cause God, <laughs> Correct. All. Yes. yes, 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 yes. Um, my example, so so I'm going to fast forward a little bit, but I remember, you know, this is back in kind of the, the, the mid to late 90s. You know, we were we were all doing a lot of travel back then. And, you know, these were the days of, you know, pay phones with, with calling cards and, and, and 
Um, you had pagers, so if somebody really needed to get in touch with you, you know, you would get a you would get a page, and 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 then the pagers got sophisticated because now it wasn't just a, a numerical page, but it could actually page real words. But in order to do that, you had to call the 800 number, and you actually had to talk to a human being, and they would dictate whatever messages that you wanted to send, and they would go ahead and, and, and page you along that. And then and then along came this thing called a BlackBerry, and it was like crack for you know people who worked, you know, who traveled a lot and were basically in business, because now you had your email and you could carry it with you, so you were literally always online. And I think that's where you know, basically, you know, people started boarding up pay phones and getting rid of their pay phone cards because you no longer needed that technology to, to communicate. And I remember, and I was, you know, I was pretty addicted to the, uh, to, to the BlackBerry when it came out. And, you know, it was the typical arms race because as soon as they introduced the new one, you had to get the new one no matter what it was just because you didn't want to have the old one. And what was nice is it had the physical keyboard and you could type and then it introduced the trackball and then, I remember they were talking about coming out with kind of a, a touch screen and, and a lot of people were like, no, we don't want the touch screen. I need the physical keyboard. And I think if you gave somebody something that had the physical keyboard today, they wouldn't even know what to do with it. They'd be like, what's this bizarre thing? Because nobody types anymore, right? It's always just, matter of fact, the device will actually tell you the word that you're trying to guess and will automatically add it in there for you. So that was, that was game changer number one. And right alongside of that is I had my iPod. Because now I didn't have to put things on CDs anymore. I could take all of my, my media, my music at the time, and I could put it on an iPod and I could carry around this little lightweight device that I could put headphones on. And the battery life was much better than you know going off of, obviously, cassettes or even CDs at the time. So it was kind of a game changer. And I thought those were the two coolest things. So I would be bopping around and I had my BlackBerry in one hand, I had my iPod in the other hand, and then... I missed the boat because some genius said, well, what if we took the two and combined them, right? Brilliant. Now you only need one. And uh, that was, you know, those were, again, back in the day, things that people take for granted. But, I mean, not all that long ago, they were completely separate physical devices that you had to uh, basically own, operate, manage, upgrade. And now those things have been collapsed down to, to, to a single device. And that single device replaces you know, dozens and dozens of other devices, whether it's a GPS or a camera or an alarm clock or a flashlight or whatever, um, a tape measure, um, um, a level. I mean, all those things are basically replaced by this this one device. Video recorders. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I was, the other day. I was thinking about this the other day is that there are certain phrases that we don't use anymore, right? Like camera phone. Mm-hmm. Remember when that was a distinction that your phone actually had a camera in it? Yeah. Um, or color TV, right? Yeah. Or smartphone, right? All these things, yeah. Flip phone. Yeah. Remember the flip now phone? Flip it phones, is. yeah. Yeah. I love my, is, yeah. my Razor flip phone. Yeah. But even has it, even cell phone, like nobody says cell phone anymore or mobile phone. So it's yeah, just it's fun. my phone. It's fun. Yeah. Has yeah, anyone has anyone seen or tried play with the new Razor? No. The new no. Flip? Yeah. I wasn't even aware that they still made those. No, they re they relaunched it about two months ago or so. Yeah. Is it just a phone, or does it do other? No, things? it's a it's a smart flip phone with with them. They've used the flexible screen technology to, to build the flip on it. Does it have a nice. keyboard? No, I think it's all touchscreen. So it's all touchscreen. So it's basically a a um, an Android or iOS device that folds in half. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, all right. What does it run? Does it run Android? Yes. I'm pretty okay. sure it does, yeah. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I'll have to check that so out. So my second one, Scott, sort of aligns with you, which is, um, you know, a little bit predates it a little bit, which is portable digital assistance, right? Again, something we don't have anymore. Clippy? Um, Clippy the, the paper clip? Is no, that no, no, no. PDAs, PDAs, PDAs. Pilots, oh, PDA. Oh, okay. The, all right. The Sony Clees and all that, or Clees yeah. or whatever they yeah, were. Yeah, all of them. I mean, I, I you know, I'm, I'm an, you know, um, admitted Apple fanboy. I had and still have a Newton, um, but um, it was never quite really productive. And then I remember getting my first Palm Pilot and being addicted, and I used it for freaking everything. Um, and, you know, again, and, and then, of course, you know, it's sort of, it ended up merging with the phone. You got a smartphone, right? That's how you got it. But just being able to capture all that, sync it, send email from it, um, you know, was a huge, well, not originally sent email, right? Because you had to sync it, you know, through a serial cable, and they came out with cellular modems for them. But for me, you know, being able to track that, ditch your contact file, you know, sort of a, a great step in, in mobility and being able to sort of, you know, do lightweight computing on the fly. So here's the question I have for you guys. So all these old antiquated devices, what did you do with them? Did you did you did you get rid of them, or do you have them all in a box someplace, or are they just like randomly, you know, anywhere within the house where you'll be cleaning something out and you'll be like, oh my god, look at this. Here's a you know here's an old BlackBerry or whatever. My Palm Pilot is still in my house. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That thing is not going anywhere. Yeah. I'm going to keep it forever. Um, but most of the other stuff I've gotten rid of, um, I usually take the hard drives out if I can. Um, the rest either gets kind of wiped, like factory wiped, and then donated or recycled somehow. I... What's... I, I have a, I have a, a, a two-face selection process. There's certain things like, you know, if it's something like... You know, I, I used to have a, a smart pager and a BlackBerry, and those I've gotten rid of because those didn't mean much to me, even though they were, I agree that they were sort of interesting and game-changing. Um, but for the my favorite devices, I still keep them. I still have, as I mentioned, my Newton. I still have my original iPhone, my original Apple Watch. I have a TRS-80. I have my original Mac. I have a Lisa. So I have a little, my I have a library upstairs, which has interesting books and old technology all set around it. And so it's, it's my little Zen space. What about the data? How how old is the data that you have? And I'll give you I'll give you my example. So um, I remember back in the day. So I used to take you know back when we we moved from you know film to digital cameras, right? I remember I had you know film. I mean that was it. I was you know, used to take a lot of pictures and it was film. And then I got a you know a, a nice digital camera, um, and this was years and years ago. And so I had all these pictures that I started taking on it. And I I always try to do a good job of of Whenever you know, I would I would move from either one PC or laptop or storage device. I try and scoop up all of the old data from however long ago and kind of move that forward. And believe it or not, I just went through that. So I had some free time on my hands, like everybody else has in the last you know 10 weeks. And uh, I had you know these old drives that were kind of scattered around. And I said, well, now would be a good time to just go in and just, you know, do a little bit of housekeeping because I know I probably have like three copies of, of everything kind of scattered around, but I don't have one copy of everything all in one place. So I went through the uh, the exercise of going through, you know, different older devices and, and, and taking mainly, you know, photos and, and videos 
and kind of moving those over into something that's um, that's at least a you know more current and accessible and hopefully more reliable. Um, and and B and really the bigger problem is now I have what I could find at least all in one place and I I didn't have that before everything was um, was was kind of scattered around so um, I even I even I I found some old pictures from some old conferences you know back in you know the uh, uh, kind of the the late 90s that that were there um, got some old pictures as a matter of fact of, of all of us. Um, as I as I went through some of this stuff, so it was kind of uh, inter interesting to do that. But how old? I mean, how old do you think the data is that you have? I mean, is it is it is that a problem, or or do you do a good job of kind of housekeeping that stuff and making sure that everything gets moved along to whatever the new device is? Or or are you all beyond that, where you're just putting everything into you know some sort of cloud storage? There was certainly a turning point where things moved to cloud and sort of things have gotten synced from then. I, if I go back and look at my photos, um, you know, there's certainly a, a, there's a cutoff date for where, you know, my photos first became digital, right? And then sort of got synced from computer to computer as I migrated computers and then, you know, off to the cloud. And then sort of before that, they sort of are MIA. Uh, so, um, you know, there's a gaps and, you know, sporadic things I may have scanned over time or copied over, but, you know, I think, you know, probably since the early 2000s, I've been, you know, pretty good about stuff. Before that, you know, whatever I happened to cop that was on my computer when I copied it over, um, I don't think I, you know, pre, yeah, my, con my context probably migrated from, at least from my BlackBerry over, I remember that. But, um, you know, it's it sort of hit or miss and hodgepodge as it goes forward. And I'm sure there's stuff, like I was actually looking for some random inf uh, financial information from the 90s. And I was like, I knew I used to have it, you know, saved someplace, but... It's not an A my computer, so it's gone. So I'll just have to go and look it up again. What about you, Melissa? You pack rat when it comes to data? Yeah, is it really a surprise? So I have every tax return I've ever filed <laughs> on file still. I just it's all in a file cabinet. It's neatly organized, but it's it's there. Um, yeah, when things kind of pivoted and went digital, a lot of my stuff did too. But I still have all of the config files from the first ever two petabyte migration done at EMC. <laughs> like all of it, like all like 20 arrays or whatever two petabytes what were at the time. Um, so, so I have that it's all on NAS storage in my house. Um, just because I like to keep that kind of work port portfolio going and every, every once in a while I'll look back and go, wow, I thought that yeah. was crazy. And here I am. Um, but I've got like, film negatives and stuff from the 1950s, uh, <laughs> which is, which predates me, obviously, but, um, but for that stuff, I, um, I have it because I haven't had a chance to kind of go through it and see what's worth keeping. Um, right. but, but for the most part, the things that I've had all along are organized. The things that I've acquired are in a box somewhere that needs to be sorted out. And I just haven't made time to kind of to kind of fully sort that, I'm I'm probably halfway through the box of of photos and negatives from from the 50s and stuff, and distributing that out to family as um, as it applies to them. But um, for the rest of the stuff, it it stays with me and ends up on the NAS device, and the favorites end up in the cloud. But I try. I've, I've been a little bit of that kind of 
born in the Midwest curmudgeon where it's like, I don't quite trust people with all my family photos. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you can tell what's precious to me is what I keep in the cloud. Cause, cause I'll keep a couple of things in the cloud, the, the stuff I don't want to lose, but, but you know, it's safe, um, in, in my mind, but I still keep a lot of things out of the cloud. I, I agree with you. And I, I was thinking about this when you mentioned it, like, you know, I was just saying, I, I don't have photos that I knew I, I knew I took from, you know, the 80s and 90s, but I have photos that my great uncle took in Ireland in the 50s and 60s, you know, saved on slides. So there's something to be said for having physical media because it's, it's somewhat hard to get rid of, you know, it's, it's hard to make multiple copies of it, but it's also, it's harder to get rid of. And so there is some, some value in having, you know, actual physical copies of things. Now, would you go through the process of taking those things that only exist as a physical copy, and would you digitize them? Yeah, I did all those. Um, all those. All those slides. Um, actually, I gave them to my brother to digitize. Um, but um, um, well, he, you he outsourced a, it. I outsourced. You it. He had a, he had a slide it. scanner, and, and he's Android kind of like that. And so, yeah, um, we did it for my mom's seventieth birthday. We we scanned all of those and put them in an album, and it was you know well appreciated and received. And then we shared it with the rest of the Irish family because there were a lot of pictures from from Ireland from relatives over there who you know were too poor to own a camera, and you know people had died and they had no pictures of them, and so. So it was a really important thing. So totally, I'm all for scanning that. And there's a bunch of other family photos that at some point I'll I'll get scanned and probably I'll just, for that, I'll just do a surface. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been scanning photos too from from relatives that have passed that yeah. um, gave me all their pictures because they knew I cared about that stuff. So. Well, I don't own a scanner anymore. Like, you know, scan, I, I, you know, I got rid of my scanner probably about five years ago when it died and never bought a new one. Yeah, my printer kind of came with one built in, so that's yeah. how I get around it. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think. By the way, I, so I think scan. You know, scanners are dying, being replaced by cell phones and, and picture. You know, you just capture it. And I think, I think, I think printers are going to die too. But that's just my two cents. I hope they do. Right now, I yeah. only have mine because of the kids. Like, I still have to print out their schoolwork so they can mm-hmm. take a picture of it and send it in. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so as soon as they're yeah. done, I'm done. <laughs> I don't need a printer. Yeah, I, I don't. I can't even think of the last time I needed a printer. The matter of fact, the, the the last time I was in need of, I was returning something, and I needed to print a shipping label. And um, I went to the, um, um, you know, one of the shipping, you know, stores, and just walked in and said, "Hey, I need this." And I said, "Oh yeah, we can we can print for you. Just send us the email with the label." And they did it. And I was like, "All right, so problem solved. I definitely do not need to uh, to own a physical printer going forward." Um, I've got an interesting question for you. So how many of you still have um, a DVD collection? Remember, that was the thing is you'd go out and you'd buy the DVDs and you'd have them, you know, assembled the catalogs and you could see, you know, here's, you know, here are all the, you know, Star Wars movies or whatever it was. Um, Do you guys still, do they, are they still like in kind of the, the obvious places of you can see them or are they like buried in some box never to be touched again so i have a dvd and a cd collection and um i can i can list the reasons why on my hands i did considerably downsize both but um tool and prince for the longest time like after prince died they did a they did a full blackout and you couldn't find a prince song on any kind of streaming service at all and until recently you couldn't find tool at all on um, a streaming service because of Napster. But then going back to like the movies and stuff, 
thing my favorite movies from my childhood labyrinth as an example that just recently made the streaming services <laughs> and and stuff like that and and those kinds of movies are the kinds of movies i wanted to have um for my kids to share with them and see how they aged but Spaceballs was another example like it was hard to find early on in the in the world of streaming and they finally brought it over but more and more of these things are available via streaming and then it's like okay how much do i love this because the streaming companies are fickle and will not keep this forever <laughs> so mm -hmm. so then it becomes is it worth it to me to keep this or or to buy it again as a digital copy and then just move on and more and more it's worth it to just buy the digital copy and move on all right so what here's a you? very here's a very personal question for you what was the last dvd you actually watched do you remember tropic thunder <laughs> <laughs> Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. That's I, a, that, we that, couldn't that find could... it on streaming, and and he had it on DVD, and and it was just one of those movies that I just we had to watch. We just had to rewatch it. So. Yeah. What, what what about you, Colin? When's the last time you fired up the old DVD player? So I got rid of them in my last um, cleanup of the media room. Um, I don't remember what the last one was, but I know what it involved and why I, I moved away from it. Um, it was something from Netflix when Netflix did, still did physical media. I remember that. And in order to play it, I had to update the firmware on the DVD player. And Holy it involved moly. going to your computer, finding a US, you know, finding the firmware, downloading it, putting a USB thumb drive, putting it in the, D, the DVD player. It was like, and I was like, I will never do this again. Yeah, Netflix still does DVDs. Little known fact. Mm -hmm. Scary. There's one. But... There's one blockbuster left still. It's in. Uh, it's in Alaska, from what I understand. Huh. Um, the last, the last one, right? Um, my last DVD. I know what it was. Um, it was Hairspray, the musical. Nice. The yeah, the John Travolta. Um, mm -hmm. um, Ricky Lake. Yeah, no, it was yeah. Ricky was in that. No, 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 not Ricky Lake. Ricky Lake is the original from right. Musical, but right? she had a didn't she have a cameo? She had a cameo, yeah, but she, she was the yeah, yeah. she was the star of the original in the eighties. Right, yes. right, right. Which right. was my first John Waters film, but yes. Uh, truth, truth be told, matter of fact, Colin, I think the last time you and I were together, we went to a location where they were actually showing Hairspray. Um, mm -hmm. Um, as part of the entertainment. I, oh, yes, right, I right. Yes, they, they were yeah, doing, yeah. They were, yeah, they were doing musicals in San Francisco. Yes, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. that. I remember that. Yeah. So I, I had, I had the DVD, and and you know, truth be told, you know, I love that movie. I know all the words to all the songs. It's a, I don't, I don't know why, but but my kids also loved it, and we played the DVD so much that the DVD wouldn't play anymore because it was all scratched up. So I had to actually go and I had to buy, you know, the the, the iTunes version of it so that we could continue to uh, to watch it. Um, so, so the, it was, it was the, it was the content, the media itself degraded to the point where it was no longer accessible, and that's why we had to go and consume mm -hmm. that um, via yeah. the. Well, um, uh, I, I, I know. I mean, I still have some Blu-ray discs. And I kept those, um, you know, sort of again keeping the old technology around. And what I've read about them, I haven't tried them because I haven't looked it up to anything yet. Um, but what I've read about them is that the media delaminates over time. Uh, even though it's supposed to be permanent and they're not useful anymore. So get a digital copy. Yes. yes. I, so I, my, my challenge is, is I have a big box with all of that stuff in it, all 
you know, CDs and uh, DVDs. And I even think there's some cassettes that I have in there. And it's one of those things where I don't even have a device to play those things anymore. Right. I guess, I guess technically in the, uh, mm -hmm. in the truck, there's a, there's a, there's a CD player so I could play the CD there, but I, you know, I've, I've never ever used it, but my, 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 my problem is, is that what do I do with these things? Cause I don't want to throw them away. And I wish there was just a place that, you know, I don't even want to make any money off them. I would just like to take them and just like, give them to some place where someone else can can then you know access the content because I would feel horrible if I were to take those things and and even at, at like you know those the donation bins I don't know what happens with those they probably look at them and they're like oh hairspray who's going to watch this and they'll throw it away and they'll be like no don't throw that away I've watched it a hundred times you so you'd that's... be surprised at what you can get at a donation center like my my first ever DVD purchase was Contact for two dollars. Great a, choice. Donation center. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> so they still do it. They still sell it. And there's a lot of people out there that haven't updated their technology that'll totally buy into all that stuff. Well, it also oh, depends. I mean, I I live out here in the country, and you know, it's people can't get streaming media. You know, it's you know, when you're dealing with satellite or you're dealing with, you know, DSL, it's, or, or dealing with nothing. You know, I know people who have nothing. It's really, really hard to get good streaming media. So they need to rely on physical media. You know, for, so, so my last example is, um, is when you had dial up into the internet. So AOL, obviously, right. That was, that was amazing because now you could connect into the internet and, you know, they would every, every other day you would get a, a CD delivered in the mail Hey, here you go. Sign up for uh, for for AOL. But I remember, um, I, I don't know why I remember this, but I remember I used the dial-up service. This was going back to the uh, to the O.J. Simpson trial when they were announcing the uh, the verdict, not the criminal, but the civil. And I was just for some reason watching it. And I wanted to know what happened with the uh, with the civil trial. So I remember I was connected in over AOL, waiting for them to you know announce it and then to be able to immediately see. You know what what had happened in uh, in real time. So what was that like ninety seven something like that, which doesn't sound like it was too long ago, but it was you know awfully long ago. <laughs> yeah. I know those those were the yeah. days. Those yeah, the I was days. I was kind of thinking about that the other day, like like the equivalent of, okay, start your dial up, now go get your coffee, come back, maybe it's connected, maybe it's not, and all that stuff. And what's funny about those times, especially in the case of AOL, and I used to work at AOL Boeing, um, funny enough story, but but the, the medium of connection has changed, the scams have not. <laughs> like, people will still send emails and I am saying that they're the billing service of whatever provider you're on and try to get your credit card info and people still fall for I'm it. Trying to look up right like, now to see as how long many, ago uh... as 1997 was. <laughs> like, that is something that hasn't changed. <laughs> yeah, the time back, I remember. Right do you all remember getting the? Do you remember getting the AOL CDs like unsolicited in the mail? Yep. Yep. You serve Once you a week. So, they were like, like, I, I use them as coasters. I had so many yeah. of them. Yeah, I, I use them to build an art project for my for my structure or sorry for my um, sculpture miner. I did a full art project oh. just out of AOL CDs and hot glue. Like, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I can't find anything recent than like two thousand eighteen, so I don't know what 
the actual number is. But the, the, apparently the service is still offered. So you would think, obviously, in areas where there wasn't, you know, Internet service, which I don't know where that would be. But I guess if you're looking for something where you can have a phone connection and satellite is too expensive, then, you know, that would probably be where you would uh, where you would yeah I, I remember reading what? something that like they that they that the AOL dial-up was still really popular a couple but probably about five years ago yeah boomers rural yeah. locations yeah like some people don't upgrade their internet they don't see the value my grandmother still has dial-up really yeah wow <laughs> she she lives in a city and still has dial-up wow. she's what, she's what got an iphone <laughs> but dial-up <laughs> <laughs> what happens when those tech support calls come in? Are you still able to uh, provide um, um, level two support? Or does that have to be escalated? No, she doesn't really contact me for tech support anymore. Um, my brother lives down the road from her, so he handles her tech support. Okay. Um, but most of the time she's browsing on her phone and just hasn't canceled the dial-up. So. There you go. That would make sense. Because you forgot about it. Very interesting. All right, so... We are uh, coming up on time, uh -huh. um, so so good discussion here, uh, good wine. Um, I'm going to finish the bottle. I'm going to go commit one of the other ones on the list that I haven't already committed for my uh, for my for my 19 crimes, and uh, I am about <laughs> uh, I'm a little bit more than halfway through the bottle. So this was this was a productive uh, productive um, podcast. But um, our host for the next episode. Um, is Melissa. So uh, in tradition of uh, Tech Vines, uh, the, uh, the next rotating host uh, gets to pick the, uh, the wine selection as well as the discussion topic. So I'm sure you've been in deep thought. Um, I saw your, uh, your run results today, so it looked like you were locked in, and I'm sure that's what you were thinking about. Um, I don't know how hot it was there today, but I know here it was uh, it was pretty warm when I when I did mine, and I was I was doing my mental notes this morning for uh, for this podcast. So so what have you got planned for the next episode, Melissa? It was close to eighty degrees. So um, tech topic is around social responsibility and technology, Ooh. and we're gonna create some interesting conflict. Ooh. So with that, the wine is gonna be top one percent wines. So you have to find a wine that is ranked in the top 1% of whatever ranking system mm -hmm. of the apps or whatever you use. Wow. You're going so, all in on this one. For example, a 99-point <laughs> wine, which is yes. insane. Okay. Yeah. Oh. okay. All right. Okay. doesn't have to be red or white or anything like that. Could the category be boxed? Boxed wines for if if it know. ranks that way, Scott. Yes, you can do it. it okay. If it ranks, however yeah. it ranks in the top one percent, you are fine. And you're gonna have to prove the ranking. Yeah. Okay. So All right. take a screenshot, whatever you so need to do. Bougie wine and social responsibility. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> it's right. gonna be fun. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like uh, sounds like a combination made in heaven. All right. Well, that's good. So uh, any any final thoughts, Colin? What do you got going on? Anything cool? Um, nothing so far. I mean, I've got a crap load of work to do. It's magic quadrant season. So working on that. Um, and then yeah. in a couple of weeks, my birthday, we've got some stuff for that, but we'll talk about it in a future podcast. Yeah. You're turning, what is it like 42 again? Is that where, where we <laughs> yes, are this exactly. year? Right. Yep. Okay, mm -hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Well, congratulations on that. How about you, Melissa? I know you've got a big week coming up next week. So what do you got going on? 
I've got HashiComp Digital next week, which if you missed it, um, there will be another one in October, so <laughs> yay! Um, no, it'll be really fun. Um, I'm actually part of the closing keynote, which is cool because it's my first ever conference talk, and I'm on, <laughs> and it's a keynote, so <laughs> yay. goodness me. No training <laughs> reels for you! <laughs> what are training here's, reels? But, but yeah, it'll be super fun, and then my birthday is just a couple weeks after Collins, so we're going to have a lot of fun with birthdays on the podcast, I think. Yeah. Excellent. Well, here, here's some advice for keynotes. Um, if anybody tries to talk you into a bubble machine, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> yep. And nothing that requires a fire marshal. Yes. Yes. A fire, yes. Or, or an insurance waiver. Yeah, the yes. fire one. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Okay, cool. Um, what do I have going on? I just, you know, I'm just going to be grinding it out here. So, you know, up early, running through the day. So I don't think I have too much going on. Just a lot of, you know, calls and meetings and presentations and, and stuff like that. So, um, so cool. Well, all right. So that's it. We've, uh, we've made it through another episode. This is episode eight for anybody at home that is, uh, that is keeping score. So we have, we have literally defied the odds. I don't know what the odds are, but I, I think when most podcasts starts, they most podcasts start, um, they get through a you know a couple of episodes and then they quickly run out of things to uh, to talk about and they sort of die down. But you know we're uh, if anything we're gaining momentum. We are now we're doing one percenter top wine. We're talking about social responsibility and technology. We've got these big heavy topics coming. So, and eight is an auspicious number, both for geeks and in Chinese. So we're great. All right, yeah. you have to explain that one because why is that? A, why, why is that an eight an auspicious number? Uh, well, just in Chinese culture, eight is considered a lucky number, right? Oh, yeah. I thought seven was lucky. Eight like, in Chinese is lucky. Yes. Ah, yeah. Okay. Seven, seven is American lucky. Yeah, seven. Yeah, seven is American lucky. Eight is Chinese lucky. Don't ask why. I don't know why the difference is. Yeah, eight is considered lucky. Probably because it, the character for eight looks like something else that means lucky or wealth or something generally infinity something Infin like that. yeah infinity, no. maybe. yeah they, they don't use, they don't use arabic numbers in china scott originally yeah oh and then, and then and we all know why eight means something because it's a, it's a good easy way to represent things in in binary oh ah uh, yes gotcha okay that that makes more sense okay yes okay that i can deal with all right well cool so uh, this is uh, this is done. Uh, we're shooting for episode nine. We should be having that out in another week or so. But uh, for folks that are have been listening on, thank you for continuing to support we the uh, the podcast. We we are uh, have we do have a a growing number of sponsors. I think uh, all of us were uh, sponsored uh, this week, and we we are open to um, to receiving free wine. And um, you know if that's something that you want to do, let us know. And, Definitely send that in. But uh, for myself, Scott Delandy, Colin Gallagher, Melissa Gurney Green, thanks for joining and peace out. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Have a good night, good day, good evening, whatever. Drink good wine. <laughs>